Bear on Bears fans, another edition of the Chicago Bears podcast coming your way. Pat the designer, Courtney Cronin in the building. And yes, ladies and gentlemen, a special guest on today's episode, Chicago Bears wide receiver and host of one of the most fire podcasts out right now, the St. Brown podcast. Equinamia St. Brown joining the show. EQ, how are you? Appreciate it, man. I'm good, man. I'm just enjoying my offseason, you know. Um, just came back from Orlando for my brother's Pro Bowl and then, you know, preparing to go to Vegas for Super Bowl. Okay, okay. Yeah. You you uh you going out there big party style or you you just nah. going out there chill, chill vibes? Nah, I'm just going out there to do something, you know, just trying to make some money real quick. I'm leaving Sunday morning, come back. Right. I'm only going for two days. Yeah, I'm not I'm not going out there to <laughs> enjoy myself. Yeah. Well, I mean, we, we appreciate you coming on to the show, man. First and foremost, got to talk to you about, you know, how you're feeling, how your body's feeling, how recovery's been going for you in the offseason, getting your body back into, you know, feeling a little bit normal. How are you feeling right now? I'm feeling pretty good. Um, I'm the season healthy, so, um, you know, I haven't done any field work yet, but I've been in the, in the weight room just lifting weights. Um I'll probably start doing field work after Super Bowl, but I feel good. I feel healthy. Um, yeah, ready to start training again real soon. I know you're here today. You're a brand representative for Better Guards, a sports tech mm-hmm. company that helps with recovery, the on-field stuff, off-field stuff. Explain to us what that is and then how you use that product to make sure that you're the best version of yourself on the field. Yeah, so uh, Better Guard, I use their ankle brace. Um, it's not just like any other ankle brace. Uh, it, normal ankle brace just is tight around your ankle, so your ankle doesn't move. Uh, Better guard, it kind of fits. It fits you like a sock, and then there's a, a device on it. Um, I don't know what the technology is called, but as soon as your ankle is about to make a fast movement and like sprain itself or twist your ankle, it locks into place so that your ankle doesn't doesn't move and doesn't twist itself. So um, it really feels like a sock in your shoe. Not like it's not like tight in your ankle like tape or uh, a brace. And then as soon as you're about to activate or like have a fast movement in your ankle where you're about to possibly injure yourself, it locks into place so your ankle doesn't move. So it's pretty, uh, it's a pretty neat device and cool technology. And it's, uh, it doesn't really hinder your, your movement in your ankle or your mobility. That kind of sounds like the cars that, you know, if you're about to back up and it, something quickly happens, like the car will automatically like kick into uh, yeah, the brake. Exactly. So what, so that's kind of what that technology does for what yeah. you're – have you experienced that on the field where you might have been about to make a movement that could have injured yourself and it locks into place? Um, I have not. I'm pretty usually pretty good with my ankles. Um, I haven't hurt my ankles since, like, my freshman year of college. But um, I have not. But it's, always, it's always better to be safe than sorry, you know. So, um, you know, our body is um, – what helps us play on Sundays without being healthy. We can't play, especially, you know, your lower body. You, you have to run. Everybody has to be on their feet, especially receivers. So um, with all the cutting we do on a day-to-day basis, different um, surfaces, turf, grass, you know, um, it's important to, you know, be safe. And I know football is 100% injury rate, but it's always better to be more safe than not. No, for sure. I, I think that it is – 
So interesting to hear about this kind of technology. And the, the one thing, I guess, because you've played on so many different surfaces coming in now. We heard Roger Goodell kind of talking about the surfaces yesterday and different things like that. Do you have a preference of, like, what's better for you when you're moving out there? Do you like how they've got the grass now at Soldier Field versus maybe what it was before? You you played there a lot in your career. Yeah. Uh, do, you feel, do you feel like there's a major difference in, like, playing surfaces when you're out there? Um, well... I 100% prefer grass. Um, turf hasn't been bad to me, except for one turf in, we played in uh, Canada in preseason. The turf was really bad. Like they, had to, they had to cut the field down to 80 yards because the end zone was that bad. So that was a really bad turf, and I got hurt that game. But um, I prefer grass. I would say they – I feel like the NFL can make every field of grass. Like I've seen that the World Cup finals when we played in MetLife. Um, in 2024 or 2026, and I 100% believe they're going to be playing on grass. There's no way they're going to let the soccer players play on turf because every soccer player plays on grass, and whenever they play in a stadium that has turf, they pull out grass from the soccer players. I've noticed that whenever a stadium has an MLS team coming in or even a Premier League team coming in to play soccer, they roll out grass for them. So if those different leagues can do it, we can do it too. I don't know who it's up to, but... Um, I think having grass is really feasible. Yeah, it doesn't make any sense that Major League Soccer, that, you know, Premier League, like all of the, the international, like, bandwidth that soccer has, that they can have the pull to tell MetLife Stadium, pull up that turf that has gotten so many players injured, we're going to mm -hmm. put natural grass down. Why not just keep the natural grass? I've never understood it. It's, I feel like, it's like there's a lot of politics in play there. How how much do you pay attention to that stuff as a player? Because obviously health and safety impacts you intimately. But when the conversation of like turf versus grass versus some of the other, uh, you know, the concussion initiatives, all of those things that were talked about at Super Bowl Media Day with the commissioner yesterday, how often is that stuff talked about amongst players and how closely do you pay attention to it? Um, I've noticed, oh shoot, I've noticed the, um, conversation about grass and turf come up quite a lot in my uh, my years in NFL. But, like, for me, I could play on turf just as fine as I can play on grass. I do prefer grass, but it doesn't really affect me like some old linemen or some other positions. I think it's a personal preference, but for me, like, I train on turf sometimes when I'm out here in L.A. And um, I just know it's part of the game, so I'm not really – I don't really complain about it. Um, I got to go out there and play. So, but I do prefer grass. I want to talk about a little bit of uh, the, the football aspect of it. What we've seen your brother be able to go out there and do mm -hmm. has been just really, really phenomenal. And how do you balance the, the I'm a Chicago Bear, but also that's my brother. I have to go out. I'm going to show support. I'm going to show love. Very similar to what the Kelseys do because I'm not going to lie. When I listen to y'all pod, he be coming reckless at the Bears sometimes, bro. Mm -hmm. And I'll be like, what, what, nah, you got to relax, bro. Like, you know what I mean? Like, we know what we're going through here. Yeah, nah, because, yeah, the year before that, the, I was going, coming reckless at the lines. But it's all it's all fun and games. Like, we don't take it serious. We've been like that since we've been kids. Just, you know, talking like shit. No one takes it personal. But, yeah, um, yeah during the season, I'm just all about the Bears. But we didn't make playoffs. So as soon as we didn't make playoffs, I was rooting for my brother. I went to two of his games, you know, wearing his jersey with my whole family. So that was fun. That was my first ever NFL games going as a, you know, non-player. So it was a cool experience for me. And, you know, I know what it feels like to lose the NFC Championship. And, uh, yeah, I can't wait to make a TikTok about him. He got me. Um, 
four years ago, whatever it was, and I lost NFC Championship. He got me on a TikTok trend saying like, "That wish I, you wish I was you, huh?" So I'm gonna get him on the Super Bowl. I'm gonna get him. Okay. Well, what are you What are you gonna do? Oh, it's just a, it's an old TikTok trend where it's like, you you see something, you said that you wish I was you, huh? And he changed to whoever it is. And he got me four <laughs> years ago when he was still in college, and I just lost to the Buccaneers. So I'm gonna get him. Yeah. That's awesome. Obviously, you guys have such a close relationship. And the idea for the podcast, I mean, we've seen athletes do this before, but for you guys to do it on a regular basis in season from two different locations, how do you logistically make that work? And how did the idea come about for the two of you to host a podcast and have NFL guests on? Um uh, started um, two years ago. Uh, I forget who came up to us about, about the idea. And they're like, you guys should do a podcast. And at first I was like, that sounds annoying. Um, but, you know, <laughs> they, they pay us to do it. And then last, the first year we did it, the first year to do it was, it was kind of annoying. It, we, we didn't have a schedule. We do it on random days. We missed some weeks. It was just, you know, it was just sporadic. This year we, we film every Tuesday, which is our off day. And depending on someone's schedule, if you have Thursday night, Monday night game or whatever, traveling by week. But most of the time you're off Thursdays. So um, it was easy to schedule. We usually do it around the same time, so we know that it's about to go on there. But we just text in the chat, and, and like it's me, the guy, and the moderator, me and my brother, and the moderator. We just text like what time we want to do it, and then it's up to us three to pick a guest. And if we get one, we get one. If we don't, we don't. And then it just goes from there. I think most Bears fans' favorite episode has been the DJ Moore episode. Uh, yeah. I mean, that, that one, 116,000 views. I, I tuned into that episode at this point with dissecting everything, but who's been your favorite episode of you guys' podcast? Like favorite guest? Yeah, favorite guest that you've had on. For me personally, it was uh, David Montgomery. Um, just because, well, one, we both play with him. Two, he's just really funny. And, like, we just know this, the inner sarcasm that, like, this he has and the way he is. And sometimes we know what someone wants to say and can't say. So it was just – that was my favorite one. Yeah. On the note of DJ, I know that he said this. You know, he, you guys were cutting up. You were having a good time on your podcast. And I know he said this to, to us as media members, and I think he said it on other podcasts. Like – his regimen of like he'll eat candy, he'll, you know, diet wise, he like jokes about that as being, you know, 25, 26 years old, he can do whatever he wants. Like, what do you make of somebody who is a world class athlete? Like mm -hmm. you guys are in this together and just like how he can, you know, not necessarily abide by the strict diet habits, all of the things that you hear guys talk about where he, in a lot of ways, is like a normal person like Pat and I um, with what he consumes and is still able to go out and perform at a high level. Oh, that's good for him. Uh, if I could do that, I'd do that too. <laughs> and, uh, I'm, and there's other guys out there that do that. And then if, I'm sure there's guys in other sports that do that as well. Um, some guys are just gifted and just have talent. And um, I'm sure, I'm sure if he had to work out, he would. But you know, he's one of the top receivers uh, in the league, and he's going on year seven. So he has he has a schedule. He knows what he does. He knows what he needs to do to get ready for season. Um, it's a long season, so as long as he goes out there and plays well, I'm not going to complain. No one's going to complain. Coaches aren't complaining. Fans aren't complaining. So, What was the biggest difference having him there? Did it did it feel like there was a different energy in that wide receiver room this season where you just looked around, not to say that you guys weren't going as hard as you could before, but all of a sudden there was somebody that was like, no, this is what I do every single day, and I'm still going to go out there and be great. Um. No, nah, I feel like we were all professionals, so like like you said, we always go hard, and um, 
it wasn't like we weren't doing more extra work after practice or when he got there. But when he was there as an offense, you felt more confident. You know, whenever you have to add a better player to your offense or a key part, you just feel more confident in your offense to score points and just play better on Sundays. So it's been a couple weeks since the end of the season when we last talked to you guys at Locker Cleanout. Um, some changes have been made to the coaching staff. I wanted to get your take and your thoughts on Chris Beatty, the new wide receivers coach that is going to re- be replacing Tyke Tolbert. Um, long lineage of high school athletes that he's helped develop, guys in college, but hasn't been in the NFL all that long. What do you know about him, and what do you think he's going to bring to this Bears receivers room? Yeah, honestly, um, I don't know anything about him. Um, I'm about to be a free agent, so I got to see what happens. Talk, I talked to my agent a little bit um, at Pro Bowl, and I'm going to wait to see when coaches, you know, all the coaching changes settle down and free agent hits. But, yeah, I haven't talked to him. I don't know much about him, so I can't really speak on it. It's it's interesting, right? You bring up the fact that you're about to be a free agent, but we still see you in all the Bears merch, see you in the Sox hat. It really feels like you've taken on the identity of Chicago. And when I watch you on your pod, you always kind of get at like, hey, bro, like, I need you to chill on the city I'm in right now. Relax. Like, do you feel like you've really taken on the essence of what the city of Chicago is and this is a place that you want to continue to be? Yeah, I love Chicago. Um, the city is great. The team is great. It's been best few, one of the best few years of my life, you know, playing for the Bears. Even though we haven't been playing that well, just life in general has been great in Chicago. So, um, and it's my, you know, it's my team right now. So I'm around until I, I'm no longer a Bear or until I retire. Have you let yourself think about the options that might not be Chicago? Obviously, Luke Getze just got hired by the Raiders. Um, Devontae Adams is out there. You've played with him before. Can you envision yourself in an offense like that and maybe some of the other possibilities across the league? I mean, as a free agent, you always got to, you know, um, I'm older now, so I always got to take in every – I got to look at every opportunity out there for me as a player and for my career. It was best for my career personally. But like I said, we're going to wait till uh, things shake out a little bit more and then go from there. What's the what's the game plan now, right, where you're looking at your future, but just kind of like, okay, I've got the options available, but I see what's building here in Chicago. Does it feel like what is building here is a viable option as a future? Because I think this team is moving offensively in the right direction. Would you kind of agree with that? I would, yeah. Um, just the jump from last year to this year, I think is every year the Bears are going to get better uh, moving forward. So um, obviously we hired a new offensive coordinator, so you know, we're going to have to start fresh on offense. But um, I think defense got much better halfway through the season. And um, just as a team, we got better. So, yeah, I think everything's going to be better next year for the Bears. With a fresh start on offense, whether you're here or somewhere else, like what do you think the first thing, like there, or like I guess the main thing this team needs to do to capitalize on that fresh start with a new OC in Shane Waldron? Um, I think people need to lock in um, more, especially rookies that are going to play or young cats that are going to learn a new offense again. Um, because the better you know the offense, the faster you can play, mm-hmm. especially as a receiver. That's probably goes for every position as well. The better you know it, the faster you can play. Um, so that's the biggest biggest thing I noticed in my rookie is when like I first came in, like you were playing slow, thinking more, counting steps. But as soon as you got the offense, the faster you got it, the quicker you're able to play. So I would say the offense has to get it down earlier rather than later, so that when it comes Sunday, 
you're not saying, oh, we're just going to hang on it, you know, week eight. You, we want to hang on it week one. I remember when we talked to you during, it was at some point during training camp, and we were talking about year two of being in Getzi's offense. And yeah. it was you and it was Polkamet who had all mentioned that it takes a year to learn this terminology. And so often we sometimes only focus on the quarterback and say, well, Justin Fields could be in his third system in four years. But the fact that they're keeping at least like, you know, a similar base within this offense that it's a West Coast scheme, it's part of that Shanahan LaFleur tree. How does that help the position players, the offensive line, just like putting the quarterback aside to be in a system that is more similar than different from what you guys were in last year? Yeah, it definitely helps. You notice sometimes a lot a lot of NFL is a copycat, copycat league, so um, a lot of teams copy plays. So as you said, the, the, the Shanahan LaFleur system, like a lot of teams run it. So when you go from different teams, like, and they come, you kind of know the same things. or It might be the same play, just different terminology. But it definitely helps. It's not as hard to learn a brand new offense or, you know, have something named something, the same thing, and then be a completely different play. So it definitely helps a little bit. Every podcast in the world that would have a Bears receiver on, have you on, have DJ on, they're all going to ask the same question. Caleb Williams or Justin Fields, who's going to be the answer, blah, blah, blah. But I, I, I want to know – from you guys' standpoint, because you guys have done something, and me and Courtney have talked about, that we've never seen in the NFL before, where Justin Fields is one of the most respected people in that locker room. The bond that you guys have built every step of the way you've come to his defense when somebody wants to talk sideways about him. How did you guys really forge that bond this season, and what does he mean as the quarterback of this team? Yeah, no, Justin Fields is my guy. So, um, you know, he's a great quarterback. Really, like, and I feel like the team knows, especially the offense, knows how hard he goes and how good of a player he is because we see it every day in practice and on game days. But, you know, a lot of things aren't his fault. So, in the NFL, the quarterback position gets a lot of the praise and a lot of the blame, even though it's a team sport. Uh, it kind of sucks, but, you know, it's the way it's been, and hopefully it will change. But... So when a team isn't doing well, a lot of blame falls on the quarterback. Um, that's just the position it is. And so, but he's a great quarterback, great player, great friend, and uh, yeah, I respect him a lot. I heard, I heard you say a lot of things aren't his fault in there, and I think that that has been echoed throughout that locker room. When you hear a lot of, I'd say, media members and people who are first takes and all of that saying, you got to go a different direction. And every single player that I, that I think we hear talk says Justin Fields is the answer. Do you kind of just go, I hope that the guys who make those decisions are listening to the people that play the game? Um, I mean, yeah, I guess. But at the end of the day, I understand NFL is a business, so I don't really think about – sit down and think about that too much. Um, you know, they got a job, the, the office, front office has a job to do. You know, they got to think what's best for the organization. And, you know, any player, anytime, get cut, traded, you know, whatever. So I don't really sit too long about it or stress about it. And I just got to do the best I can do. Facts. What do you make of the conversation around Caleb right now? Like, I don't know if I've ever witnessed something where we haven't heard from the horse's mouth himself. I don't want to go to Chicago or I do want to go to Chicago. But this the speculation spread like wildfire. And for weeks, it's been like this, that all of the conversation around this one quarterback 
is kind of negative from the outside. And we know it in the draft process that happens, this game of telephone that can go awry and go awry, a lot of, it can really conjure up some bad things for players and, and hurt their draft stock. But like, are you, you're, are you seeing this stuff about Caleb Williams and just like all of the wild accusations about what he does or doesn't want to do as a rookie in the NFL? Uh, I've heard, I haven't seen much about it. I've heard that there's rumors or like, I think, I don't, I don't, I don't really know, but I think he's like someone said that he doesn't want to go to Chicago and I heard someone say that that's not true. So I don't know. I don't really pay attention to that stuff. Honestly, I just, I don't really watch the draft anymore, to be honest. Anyways, I just, I see what happens when you know whatever team I'm on. Yeah, that was that was uh, that was Colin Cowherd. That was that was a fun twelve hours where he was like, "Caleb hates Chicago. Doesn't want to be here." And like twelve hours later, he's like, hey, "Maybe, maybe I went a little hard on." Yeah. What's you know, as somebody who's in Chicago, as somebody who's been here, you say that this has been you know one of your favorite cities to play in. What's been your favorite moment as a Chicago Bear here? Oh, my favorite moment. I think it was beating the 49ers in the rain. Like, no one <laughs> no one thought we were going to beat them. Um, they had, like, the best team in the NFL. Um, yeah, at one point, we're like, I think it was 99% chance we are going to lose. I don't know. And it was the first game of the season. No one gave us a chance, and we won. And then, like, it was raining. It was crazy. Yeah, that was probably my best, my favorite moment. God, it feels like that was a lifetime ago when you think about like how long seasons are. And that was the first game of 2022. Um, You've seen some stuff. You've definitely been a part of the ups and downs here the last two years. Um, So you said you're out in L.A., right, for the offseason? Yeah. Did you go to the Grammys? No, I was in Orlando for the Pro Bowl. Darn, you did say that. Uh, What do you do in L.A. like during the offseason? Obviously, it's warmer than what Pat and I are dealing with here. And as you can tell, I have a cold because this weather just will not do me right. What do you do in Los Angeles? Like saying outside of football? Yeah. What is a normal day like for you? I mean, I know you're training and all of that. Yeah, but... yeah, yeah. Usually I just um, – I wake up. Um, I have a daughter, so, like, I go out to see her. She's, like, an hour away, like, three times a week, four times a week. Um, I train, eat, chill, and then I have a busy, I have a busy weekend. I mean, schedule these weekends. Like, I'm going to Vegas. Then I'm going to go to a cruise. So that's going to take two weekends. And I got a wedding in Arizona. So, like, during the week, I just usually chill, hang out. My brother lives, like, five minutes away. So both my brothers live over there. And um, I have a lot of friends that live just in the area. So we just be doing things sometimes. Nothing crazy. Have you become a full-blown L.A. person? Like, do you go to Erwan to get your groceries and the Haley Bieber smoothie that's, like, no, 18 no. bucks? No, no, no. I'm, I'm from Orange County. So <laughs> I, I just live here because training is better. And it's just more things to do on a daily, day-to-day basis. But I don't do none of that. Uh-uh. I go to, <laughs> I, I, I go to pavilions. Uh, I don't know. Uh, the, weird, the weird LA things, I, I'm not with that. What, what's the what's the weirdest LA thing that, that you was like, all right, bro, I got to get back to Chicago. <laughs> I, I, can't, I can't deal with this right now. Nah, I can't, I can't speak on weird things because to some people it's not weird, so I'm not going to talk about that. <laughs> Have yeah, you I, seen anybody walk around with the Apple glasses yet? Have you seen I have the, not. This phenomenon that's happening of people just walking down the street doing all that. I've seen a cyber truck. Um, I've seen a cyber truck, but I haven't seen no Apple glasses yet. Yeah. It's wild out here in the wild, man. I saw somebody walking down this morning with the Apple glasses on, swiping up and down. And I was like, You're in public. We can see you. Yeah. You realize, like, that you have a phone. It's like we're living in a simulation. Yeah. But if you think about it, you're thinking that way now, but 
probably when the iPhone was invented, you thought it was weird that someone's walking around when you only had phones or before a cell phone was invented. I would yeah. say people had just phones at home, you know, like you thought the first cell phone, like that's weird. He has a phone in his hand, like you're in public. You're thinking that way now, but give it a, give it a couple years. You you saying we all gonna be walking around with the Apple glasses? I'm, a thing. We're living in the I'm not thinking we walking around with it, but it's gonna be normal. Like I'm sure the cell phone when it first came out, people were thinking about it like, what is that? But technology is always when technology first comes out, people are like, what is that? And then eventually, it becomes normal. I'm sure like when people saw a car, they're like, wow, what is that? Like, <laughs> you know, it's it's always gonna be like that when something first comes out. I mean, they use VR for quarterback rooms, like, mm-hmm. you know, to give guys virtual reps that can't get them or, you know, don't have them in practice as often with starters. So who knows? Maybe this technology somehow gets integrated into the NFL someday. Um, are you investing in anything? Like, are there any things that, like, you're really passionate about that you spend, like, your time, your money, your resources on uh, that are outside of football? Uh, yeah, I only invest in real estate. Um, I don't know too much about stocks and bonds and like other things like that but i know about real estate so that's where i put the majority of my investment my money in yeah can't go wrong with property brother that's longevity <laughs> right there you need that and need that in the books eq listen we appreciate you coming through rocking with us for today's episode i feel like we've we, we've touched on a little bit of everything here as jay-z said right just keep showing up yeah, we hope you keep showing up here in Chicago. We love you here as a receiver. We love all the things that you know when when you break down the tape, we see you do, and and we appreciate you uh, coming through to the podcast, man. Yeah, man, I appreciate you for having me on, man. Hey, yes, man, man, hope to have you back. Hey, as you guys know, hit that like button, subscribe to the page. You guys already know what to do. Leave the five star review for EQ St. Brown and Courtney Cronin. I'm Pat the Designer back at it again. Y'all stay safe out there, Chicago. Bear down.